With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to WrestleWolf, I am Damian Gibson, and this is WWE Weekly. Um, Alright, gang, let's get into it. What an interesting week this has been uh, of WWE programming. Some good, some bad, um, but all of it is r- risky. And I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. There's some... There's some things... Me personally watching it this week... I have enjoyed. Um, I've got some feedback from people that... (laughs) Has been the opposite of that. But we'll get into that. We start with Raw. And... uh, Wow, there's a few things that happen on Raw that... uh, a pretty interesting, continually good work from from uh, Seth Rollins, who or the Monday Night Messiah, who has now accepted Ray, oh, sorry Dominic Mysterio's uh, challenge for a match at SummerSlam. Uh, I've heard some negative feedback about this storyline. I've liked it, and I really like Seth Rollins in this role. Um. Yeah, and I thought I think Murphy's been really good. I think Dominic Mysterio has like for the little that he's had to do, shows some promise. Um. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a pretty good promo between Drew McIn- uh Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, uh, who will be facing off uh, at SummerSlam for the uh, Universal. No, sorry, for the World Heavyweight Championship. Sorry, not Universal Championship. Um. I felt like there was some real truth to this um, promo. It was very much Drew McIntyre talking about how 10 years ago he could have done with some leadership and uh, he needed help. And, and, you know, I think Drew McIntyre had some drug and alcohol problems, which Randy Orton has had as well. And and you can... Whenever anyone uses anything real in a promo... um, you can tell, and uh, 
you know, look, I've told you guys before, I'm not a massive fan of Randy Orton. I don't think he's bad, obviously, you know. I mean, to be around that long and be that successful, obviously he's got talent and, and can tell a story and all that sort of thing. Well, I just sort of find that when he comes out, I don't engage for some reason. But I, I did with this, but I think it's because Drew McIntyre can hold, not only hold his own with Randy Orton and this kind of thing, but um, is a bit better than him. Um, yeah, and for like such a sort of quick turnaround, I've, they they have got me invested in this. I mean, I think that probably comes from not wanting Drew to lose, you know? I just think um, it would be a real shame. He's been such a great champion as far as I'm concerned. It would be such a shame for them to take the belt off him um, and him sort of fade off into obscurity. If they take the belt off him to get him to chase Brandy great um but you know i keep hearing rumors about taking the belt off drew to give it to randy so edge can come back and have one last championship reign um yeah i mean like that's not the worst thing in the world i just i just really think that wwe needs to, to concentrate on the future rather than the past I think the reason why they've got into trouble with ratings is because they keep doing these things. They keep they, they'll they'll have good natural storylines going with younger competitors, and then you know ratings drop or whatever, and it's time to you know. I mean, I'll keep using this as a reference because it was so shit. Uh, you know, Randy Orton versus um, uh, Big Show as a main event two weeks ago on Raw. Like, who cares? Uh, and then, so anyway, I, look, I'm I'm into it, and at the moment, I'm just enjoying the ride. But I am a little worried about what the destination will be. Um, and then we had the two things that have really split opinions. We had Raw Underground that continuously showed up uh, during the second half of the show. Uh, Shane McMahon is essentially hosting like a Fight Club version of Raw called Raw Underground. It, there's a ring, um, but with with no ropes. And essentially, people just come on and um, <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason. There's like dancing girls in the background, which I was like, that's lame. Well, I Hear me out, because I know everyone hated this, but I think there's some legs. I think they've just made the wrong decisions on who to be involved in this. But like, I don't think Shane should have been hosting this, right? I don't think anyone should be hosting it. It should just be happening. Um, I mean, I can kind of understand, you know, you need, I suppose, storytelling-wise, you're like, oh, well, you know, Shane's doing this, um, you know, and he loves falling off things and jumping off things, so he's the kind of radical dude who can host this stuff, but I just felt like that was a bit lame. And then also, you know, at the end of the episode, you had the Hurt, uh, what are they called? The Hurt Business come in and take over and it's just like no no they shouldn't be involved either this should be an outsider's thing this should be something where either nxt talent or you know even people from outside of wwe who are coming across the wwe they can prove themselves um as like tough people you know um and I think cutting to it, like the first episode, that's fine to keep cutting to it. But to, like I noticed on SmackDown this week that they were advertising it again. It'll just get overused, uh, you know. Uh, it's funny that they take the piss out of like 
Jeff Hardy for being an addict so much because they, they, they WWE is an organization <laughs> like they um they exhibit the same behaviors as an addict they don't know when to stop they don't know, like they just they just don't um I'm saying this as a as an addict myself so I feel like I can joke around about it Kano Kano please don't cancel me um and then we had so that's going to be ongoing I just I felt like it broke up the show a little bit um and I can see the idea I didn't, I didn't mind it. I got, I saw it being called fake UFC and fake MMA and like, whatever. Who cares? Who cares what those things are doing? Like, if you're into MMA, that's great. But I'm a wrestling fan. I don't give a shit about whether it looks like UFC or not. Like, it just doesn't. It doesn't bother me. But when you've got a three-hour show, you've got to try different things. You can't just like. I mean, this is what we've been complaining about on Wrestle Wolf and on my previous uh, podcast, Fifteen Minutes Doom, for years. You know, that it's too long and it's it's more of the same every week. You know, like, at least they're trying something. And the same thing can be said about Retribution. Throughout the whole... There's a group called Retribution. They're like a wrestling terrorist faction. <laughs> uh, they kept showing up and, and... Also, throughout the episode, lights were flicking on and off and things weren't quite working. Microphones were going off in the middle of people cutting promos and stuff. And then eventually some found security footage uh, showed that this group had, like, taken out the fuse boxes and stuff out the back of the performance center. Um, And, uh, yeah, they, again, I like this. I I always like a funny, like, not funny, I always like... um, I like it when companies try something and this is something different you know who are these people who's in control of them it storytelling is about asking the audience questions right especially on episodic television it's about raising questions that you will eventually answer but you're not going to answer them straight away that's how you create interest you know that's what cliffhangers are so we like great tv shows like uh breaking bad was fantastic at this where like you know, it could be quite a slow episode, but they would always, always make sure that there was a reason for you to watch the next week. Um, and I, th- this is what's happening here with Retribution. You know, I want to see what's going on. Let's get to NXT. This was the part of the week that I was most disappointed in. We've still got Keith Lee and Dexter Loomis kicking around. I don't really care about that. Um, I'm not Dexter Loomis. What did I say? Kill, uh, what's his name? Killer Cross. Carrion Cross. Um, but yeah, I don't really care about those guys. Um, <laughs> the interesting things were Dexter Loomis is injured. Um and uh, I hope you can hear the inverted commas in my tone there. I think the backlash was so strong about Dexter Loomis uh, winning last week from uh, people like the guys in What Culture, for example, um, that uh, you know WWE have done what they always do, which is reactive booking, and um, they've dropped him out of the tournament. They've dropped him out of the ladder match. So um, he might be interested. 
uh, interesting. He might be injured, but uh, I, I don't believe it. So, uh, so I hope all the Smarks are happy because rather than having a different and diverse field for uh, the ladder match, you know, we'll have five Timothy Thatchers in there, and that'll be interesting, won't it? Uh, speaking of what the fuck booking, uh, our main event was uh, Undisputed Era versus uh, Emporium. And uh, I was looking forward to this match. And of course, it's not, you know, we can't just have a proper match where one of those teams wins. Um, even if it is the champs, who cares? You know, some sort of clean finish. The There was this ongoing... So Pat McCaffrey was uh, on commentary. And it was really weird booking. Like, he, I didn't even notice at first that he was supposedly saying things that were insulting. He was making like small jokes about Adam Cole or whatever. Adam Cole could hear him. At first it was like they'd buried the hatchet and then, cut a long story short, Adam Cole heard Pat McCaffrey say uh, some sort of short joke and then he came over and there was a, they had a confrontation. Um, and, uh, oh God, who, who, who kept the, In the end, Pat McCaffrey ended up uh, knocking out Adam Cole with a boot to the head. And that's when Triple H, Triple H had enough. He came out and he pushed Pat McCaffrey out of the out of the building. Um, but Adam Cole's the face of your promotion, right? So you get him knocked out by a podcaster. Cool. Uh, it just, like, I, that's... You know, I rest my case, Your Honor. Like, it, it, Pat McCaffrey is uh, engaging to watch. I mean, he could be a good wrestler um, if he can wrestle. But we don't know that. We don't know if he can wrestle or not. Um, and I know it'll be this WWE thing of like, well, good your attention. I was like, well, you know, I watch it because I have to. But this, <laughs> like, who is this putting over? Pat McCaffrey? Adam Cole? NXT is still a development part of the company, so I don't quite understand. I think people are going to talk about it. Like, they're only going to talk about it in a terrible way. You know, I mean, the same way that Raw Underground, most people have been like, blah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I found it really difficult to watch. Like, I was... It wasn't making me angry, but it was just so frustrating. I was like, I gotta sit here and watch this shit. It just felt like it was insulting my intelligence, you know? And I could understand, well, you know, you're a wrestling fan. Maybe you don't have any. That's a good point. But still, <laughs> I know what's good and bad storytelling uh, as far as wrestling is concerned. And this is just, you know, the top star gets knocked out by a podcaster. It just makes him look so weak, you know? Like the whole... Not only that he gets knocked out by the podcaster, but he getting, he's getting so upset about being called short when the company themselves have tried to cover up the fact that he is shorter. He's like 5'10 or something like that, and they bill him at like six foot, which everyone just laughs at. But then, <laughs> but then they have Adam Cole actually get upset about that. It just, it's confused and not good. Um, and I don't think, you know, this will be one of those things that people, you know, in five years, remember when Adam Cole 
had a fight with Pat McCaffrey or McAfee or whatever his name is. Remember when Adam Cole got knocked out by a podcaster? The only thing I did think was maybe he is going to AEW and this is, you know, this is them booking him on the way out. Are we going to make you lose to Pat McCaffrey? Uh, and he's like, whatever, man, whatever I have to do to get out of this place. SmackDown, which has been my little shining light the last few weeks of WWE programming. Uh, this was all about Bray Wyatt and Alexa and Braun for me. I'm interested in this story. Anything that involves Bray Wyatt, this was more The Fiend than Bray Wyatt. We had an initial promo where Bray Wyatt was saying The Fiend's going to be here tonight, which I'm always like, yes. Uh, then there was, so later on in the episode, The Fiend himself came out. Uh, Alexa was already in the ring and there was like some sort of weird like sexual tension kind of going on. Uh, Alexa was wearing a studded leather jacket, so you knew that she's, like, becoming a bat. It's all happening here, guys. I was just, uh, my dinner being delivered, so, uh, I'm gonna wrap this up as quickly as I can. Um, I've decided I'm just gonna let, like, you know, things like that happen, I'm just gonna leave it in so you guys know, you know what I mean? Get a little insight into my life. Um, yeah, so Alexa is a bad girl, because she's wearing a studded leather jacket, Braun Strowman shows up on the screen because essentially Bray uh, or The Fiend was using Alexa as bait, really. Braun shows up on the screen and says that now that he's been in the swamp, he's the most evil man on the face of the planet and uh, that he'll see him at SummerSlam and show him how evil he is. And uh, I like this. (laughs) I really like... I really want to see Alexa... I I would love to see The Fiend have... A faction. I know we've seen the Wyatt family, but I think this is something completely different. Like, I think the Fiend is a completely different character. Um, I think Alexa Bliss is one of the few people on the roster who um, could complement Bray and the Fiend. Uh, you know, I'd love to see Alexa in the uh, the the Funhouse and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I could really be into that. Um, I, I've actually I actually enjoyed SmackDown this week. There's a, a interchangeable sort of storyline going on between um, Baron Corbin, uh, Sheamus, <laughs> uh, Jeff Hardy, Matt Riddle, and Shorty G. Or I'm just going to call him Chad Gable from now on. I can't I can't call him Shorty G anymore. Um, so. In SmackDown, uh, there was a match between Matt Riddle and Sheamus. Um, Sheamus felt like he was... Sheamus was on the verge of, like, getting a win, and then Shorty G came in, uh, and basically Matt Riddle got a win by disqualification because of that. And so Sheamus was very angry when confronted Baron Corbin, um, and they had a a face-to-face standoff and then this carried on throughout the episode later on in the night baron corbin had a match against jeff hardy uh and so sheamus came out and uh attacked jeff hardy so jeff hardy would get the win and so it's one all uh but then matt riddle also came out <laughs> and was involved in that so i don't know i don't know whether there's going to be like some sort of um 
I don't know, because Matt Riddle appeared to kind of be on the side of Seamus to get at Baron Corbin, which I can understand. I mean, I'd take anyone's side to get at Baron Corbin. So, um, yeah. Again, interesting. I don't know what's going on here. Um, Brucey P, Bruce Pritchard is trying some things. And fuck, they have to. I mean, (laughs) the... The ratings are... I mean, NXT's ratings were up a little bit again this week, but they're still about 200,000 behind AEW, which is uh, who's increasing each week as well. Uh, Raw was up as well, so... But, I mean, they're still at 1.7 million. So, uh, you know, fuck. They're just such low figures. Um, I don't know whether people are just getting used to this form of wrestling you know like no crowd and everything but i know from personal experience like even just showing clips to people you know um you know i sent a clip to my sister who's kind of a little bit into wrestling but not really um it was the becky lynch oscar moment right and i was just i was just sending it to her to be like you know isn't this like great storytelling it's like real but it's storytelling but it's super emotional and and she didn't pay any attention to that. She just wrote back and was like, oh, wrestling's even weirder when there's no crowd. I was like, what? That's what you got out of that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it obviously is. You know, I've had other friends who are just like, I can't watch it when there's no audience there, which is, I don't know. It hasn't bothered me that much. I, I would actually prefer no audience. I watched the New Japan... Um, New, well, New Japan Pro Wrestling New Japan Cup USA <laughs> tournament uh, from the other night, from Friday night, I think it was. Um, I watched it yesterday, and there was no audience there at all. Didn't try. Um, I don't know, maybe Japanese-style wrestling is more suitable to that because they hit a bit harder, And um, but I don't know. I just It hasn't bothered me. But uh, why am I talking about this again? I don't know. Uh, And then uh, at the end of the episode, um, Retribution arrived. And they really, like, you know, as much as can happen on PGTV, they really did smash up the place. Um, You know, graffiti stuff all over the plexiglass and the ring. Um, You know, they chased off Michael Cole and... and, uh, Oh my god, Corey Graves um, chased all the cameramen out, um, beat up some of the NXT kids who are in the audience. I really like this. I don't know who they are, I don't know what their story is, and they're going to drag that out, and that's fine. I'm happy with it, because I'm actually interested in who these people are. Just when I thought that they had finished up, you hear a chainsaw, and one of the guys has got a chainsaw and starts (laughs) soaring through the ring ropes. Um, yeah, great. It's something different. And they're on SmackDown as well. Like, it's not a Raw SmackDown thing. They're not on NXT, though. So I get a pretty strong vibe that they'll be NXT people. But that's cool. Good. They're young. They're hungry. They're taking over. Like, you know, they've done this before with Nexus and The Shield was kind of about this as well. I like this, you know, when they make a big deal out of new people. Um, and, and that's why factions exist, because, you know, there are 
different wrestlers have different skills. Uh, and so sometimes if you put them together, you, you get something that's really interesting. I mean, The Shield is a really good case study of that. Um, you know, you had someone who looks like Roman Reigns but wasn't great uh, on, on a promo. So you put him with Dean, Dean Ambrose, you know, um, and then, you know, I mean, Seth Rollins is pretty, I mean, Seth Rollins right now, I think is one of the most interesting re- characters in wrestling. Uh, I Like when it started, I was like, Monday night is a messiah, Jesus fucking Christ. But um, there's something quite, me- like, for, I mean, in, in a kayfabe sense, there's something quite menacing about the character. And, and as much as people like laughed about the eyeball, the eye for an eye match, you know, when you think of it, in kayfabe, he blinded a dude. You know, it raises the stakes. Like, whether it looked great or not, whatever. But, you know, when Seth Rollins comes out, there's a chance he might blind someone, you know? Like, (laughs) that's pretty heavy. Um, Anyway, that was the week in WWE. I'm trying to get these done really quickly, and I apologize for the doorbell going in the middle there. Uh, But, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, kids. But I look, um, Raw Underground, eh? I, I hope they can tweak it into something that is interesting. I can see where they're coming from in the sense of like trying to get younger eyeballs on the product because that's something that's been going around a lot recently. That that just young people are just not watching wrestling, like at all. Um, yeah. So, which is kind of weird because you think about the culture of fandom and comics and everything around that has boomed over the last 10 years, especially in those demographics. Um, yeah, uh, it's, I find it kind of surprising that wrestling hasn't. Um, but anyway, maybe Raw Underground will help that. Um Thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you so much for everyone who's been supporting the channel, uh, WrestleWolf. You can check us out at WrestleWolf.com. Um, you can rate and review us to help out. Uh, you can follow us on social media and share our stuff. That would be awesome. You can listen to the Reconsidering WCW Nitro that I do with the Enigma Matthew um, or the AEW Weekly Show that I also do with Matthew. Um, or continue listening to this WWE weekly show. Um, but I'm going to leave it there, gang. Uh, and in this year of our Lord, who seems to have forsaken us, 2020, stay safe. <laughs>